Welcome back to Reality 101, everybody. I'm Dr. Molly. Dr. Roll. Um, we're happy to have you back in class for, what is this, the fourth episode of Married at First Sight that we're doing, or our fifth? Five. This I've episode been... five. Um, they're on their honeymoon. We're starting to uh, Shaq and Kirsten are back in the in the mix, and we're kind of seeing how everything's playing out um, in Jamaica. Um, before we get started, I just want to remind everybody, especially if this is your first listen, because we're getting more people that are starting to listen, that uh, Reality 101 is a Black and Indigenous feminist podcast for students of reality TV, and we're so happy to have you in class. Um, if you want to know more about us or just know more about um, what we're going to be covering or you want access to bonus content and special student pet privileges, please visit us on Patreon backslash reality 101 and that's r-l-t-y 101 and then we're also on social media yep, you can find us on twitter tiktok and instagram again our handle is r-l-t-y 101 reality 101 podcast that's where you can find all of our announcements about our upcoming episodes and where you can chime in about your thoughts on what we had to say and also let us know if you have questions things you want us to discuss on our next episode points that we missed or if you have a different prediction for whether or not these couples are going to make it to d-day <laughs> yeah so i feel like every week it's a new prediction that i have um the only real question that i was thinking about throughout this entire episode dr rule was will you marry me and can we go to jamaica as soon as possible because the b-roll on this episode and just what they did they just were outside of the resort that was the show for me I'm like I don't know what these crazy people are doing but I need to go to Jamaica immediately so beautiful right so they're at the Grand Palladium in Montego Bay it's absolutely gorgeous it's just like clear blue waters I mean they're sailing and they're doing the what is that called the the four-wheeler yeah yeah um, hiking, sitting on the beach. It just looks so lovely. Yeah. And so, yeah, each, um, each couple kind of did their own activity. And I don't know about you, kind of before we get into the couples, something that I noticed is I feel like even though I've watched this show for so many years of my life that I'll never get back, I feel like this is the first time I've really understood that this is an experiment, like a controlled experiment. So even I used to think, oh, production's just being lazy when they make them all eat shrimp and lobster at dinner or production's just being lazy when it's clear they can choose from like three activities like, oh, you can go sailing, you can go to waterfall or you can go like go to a rum tasting. But now I'm realizing I'm like, this is a control group, right? Like and they're minimizing variables so they can all be in the same experiment. So they can all basically say, if you don't work out, it's not because of us. It's because of your personality and all your stuff. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And it is interesting to think about that and particularly these resorts and honeymoons that they go on um, and, and visit because it, again, is totally outside of the context of their normal day-to-day -day life. They're not going to their regular coffee shop. Nobody's cooking. Nobody's having to do labor, right? It is a total controlled environment. Um, and yeah, it, it really comes out. Yeah, it really does. Um so do you want to start with the first couple that I think is on the ultimate honeymoon, which is Chris and Nicole? Yeah, let's let's do it. Chris and Nicole. Um, so they are loving Jamaica. They are so happy. Um, 
What did you think about their experience so far? I don't know. I'm like, I have nothing to say. They are on a honeymoon. They <laughs> are honeymooning. They are in full newlywed mode. I mean, you know, and it was so funny when they're having dinner on the beach or on the cliff or wherever that was, right? And then like the sun is setting behind his head. And she's like, you just look like this angel husband that was sent to me from the universe. And you know, she's got this like sparkly dress. And even though it's making like a halo for him and he's looking all angelic, then she's the one who's, you know, receiving the sun and getting that full, like, you know, sunset hour, total like skin refining light. Um, I mean, they both just were like immersed in this shower of light that I think just reflected their happiness. I think so too. I think it's clear that you know, she does say these things are a little like, oh, cringy when she says like, oh, are you falling in love with me yet? Um, it's like, oh, girl. Um, but, you know, they're both feeling each other. They are. They are. And um, yeah, I also cringe when she asked if he loved her yet. But I also give kudos to him to not just saying what he thinks she wants him to say, right? Like, obviously, she wanted him to say yes. Um, And I appreciate that even though he's billed as Mr. Nice Guy, he's not necessarily going to just cave and bend to her whims and desires. Um, Even when they were talking about having kids, I appreciated that she reciprocated some of that to him, right? Where she had talked about how... She hadn't wanted to have kids growing up. She always thought of herself more as a free spirit. But now as she's reaching, you know, 32 years old and she's sort of interested in settling down and doing something like getting married at first sight, that kids are kind of back on the table for her. And, uh, you know, it did seem like a bit of a compromise for someone like him who is saying he definitely wants kids. So I felt like they were doing a nice sort of healthy push and pull on each other. Yeah, I think so too. I think, I mean, you're spot on. The most interesting part of this entire episode with them was talking about the kids situation. As someone with kids, I was really interested in like how they were conceptualizing their timeline because he said he was 36. I think she's 32 or 33 or going on 33. And they, you know, kind of ended the conversation with where, you know, so when do we want to check in? And they're like, I don't know, a year. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I'm like, do you know how long it sometimes it takes to get pregnant? And then for that fetus to gestate that's like two years period yeah. so I'm like if on a good day y'all are looking at him having his first baby at 40 which is totally fine but I was just like it, I'm like okay you know I think you'll revisit this sooner especially when because they're getting love bombed right but um yeah I mean that was pretty much it they got rum drunk um they she said that she could not handle <laughs> heavy machinery after a few shots, which I can relate to, I'm not five feet, but I can definitely relate to that. And um, it did make me a little uncomfortable with the amount of like people who were working at these resorts and dancing for these people. Yeah, yeah. There's always that element, right? And actually, for anybody who's going to listen into our 90 Day Fiance episode, I think one of the themes that we can talk about is this idea of tourism, resorts, and the labor that goes into these spaces. So if this is an interesting theme to you, check out our other episode uh, where we're going to be talking about 90 Day Fiance the other way. 
season four, episode one, it just dropped and we have a lot to talk about there. Yeah, I mean, this is reality 101 where it's not just always about enslavement. It's also about settler colonialism. So we we, we will bring it to you any way you're willing to take it. Yeah, you're going to plant some seeds that are perhaps going to keep you up at night next time you're on <laughs> in, a, in an awkward <laughs> And keep those family dinners real awkward. Uh, but that's that's why we're here. That's why you're listening, because you want to know uh, how to interpret some of these things that we're watching for entertainment that spill over into our real lives and that come with, you know, their own histories and um, political ramifications. So that's exactly what we're doing here. Yeah. And so there's been many books that have written on this and I could go in a lot of directions, but I do want to just talk a little bit about how, you know, we know that like Jamaica is famous for its rum. It's a major export of Jamaica. Rum is one of the, um, I guess it's not an offshoot. I don't know what the word would be, but it's a fellow product of sugar, right? And we know that sugarcane grows wildly in the Caribbean writ large, but also Jamaica. And we also know that's why enslaved Africans were mainly brought to the Caribbean to farm, crop, cut, and then export sugar. Um, a lot of Jamaicans and Caribbeans were paid in rum, right? And so there's just a development and a predilection and a, an expertise in rum. So, you know, uh, enslavement aside, I had to, at the end of that segment, I was like, this looks kind of interesting. I would really like to try these 15 different rums. And yeah, I was kind of taken aback by, um, homegirl Nicole actually mentioned this right she was like oh I thought rum was for sipping and I thought that this was like kind of like a lazy drink and she's like but I'm over here taking shots and I was like yeah that's a really interesting take on it I don't have anything cultural or anything deeper to analyze about that that's just something as someone who likes to drink I noticed I was like oh because I've been in tequila tastings I don't know if you have before but like tequila tastings in Mexico and you know you take your four shots and it's like you're drunk but with rum I think I'd be under the table yeah, I actually haven't. I don't have a whole lot of experience in that area. So I don't know. <laughs> Another reason to let me take you out on a honeymoon so I can liquor you up. <laughs> Married at first night, lifetime, please. Let us, let us come out to the Grand Palladium and cover in real time. I also saw online that actually um, a resort visitor who was not connected to the show was talking about how this particular resort is like overrun with television producers. And they left a review saying like, if you're just trying to go for a calm family event, this might not be the place because there are just cameras running around everywhere and they block off, you know, things like the pools and certain portions of the beach or green space to allow for production. So mm. let us come and get the behind the scenes scoop and uh, pay for our time. And correct. Correct. All of that. Yeah. Um, okay. So do you have anything else to say about Chris and Nicole? Um. Not particularly, but we, of course, need to do our prediction. Where are you coming down today, Dr. Molly? I think that they're doing just fine. I think they're going to stay together. Again, I'm just waiting to see what happens when they get home and they're out of the literal and figurative honeymoon phase. And she starts realizing that his socks smell and that he's actually not as clean as she thought. So, yeah, yeah. I'm also going to give them a yes. Um 
I think that again, they're just eager to be in a relationship. I think their relationship, like you're saying, is going to get a lot messier than they currently, you know, are envisioning it and seeing it as part of this controlled environment um, space. But I think at the end of the day, they've both been, um, you know, hurt in the past or had a failure or lack of opportunity to have a successful relationship. And so far, we have no reason to think, um, you know, that that they wouldn't be able to work out their issues that that they've had so far. So I, for me, they're yes. And actually, I do have one more thing I want to say about Chris and Nicole. And that was when Nicole was talking about old Nicole. Mm. Do you remember this? When she's talking about how she sort of used to be in the past as old Nicole, who was much more impatient and sort of bossy and um, demanding. And, you know, she's saying that she's changed and made progress, which I think is wonderful. But Chris was pretty clear that he was not into old Nicole and hopes that old Nicole doesn't rear her head. Mm, yeah, I, you know, those things are tricky. Obviously, part of being in a long term relationship is just um, growing with your partner all the time. You don't have to love who they change into, but you have to love change or else it just ain't going to work. And you know, on one hand, I do think it's okay. Like I've been with people before where it's like, man, if I would have known you at that age, it would have never worked. So I totally get that. And I sympathize with that sentiment. I think for me, what I worry about with her is that, you know, and what I've talked about is that she self-censors so much that I don't know how far in the past this person was. And I don't know if this new identity, this new Nicole is based on her innermost feelings and her self-reflection or what other people have told her to be. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, I share a lot of those same sentiments too. And, you know, even if we go back to how she was originally introduced on the cast, right? She talked about going sort of FBI mode, like, you know, sort mm-hmm. of, you know, indicating that she can get pretty like emotional and upset about things. That was how she was describing herself. And so, Like you said, you know, I wonder how much of this is sort of wanting the relationship to work out um, and how much of it is, you know, coming at the price of suppressing or conforming to what she thinks a wife should be like. Yeah. And I also don't want to undervalue that, you know, when you get with certain partners, some partners do have healing qualities for you or calming kind of, they bring out calming sense in you. And I think that he could really be that person for her. So there isn't, you know, when you feel, um, when you have an attachment style that doesn't make you feel anxious and it doesn't make you feel insecure, you do, your personality can change, right? If you feel secure and safe. So I'm hoping that's the case for them. Yeah. I'm, I'm liking Chris and Nicole. I want good things for them. I want them to make it. And, uh, my vote is that they will. Yeah, me too. All right. So who should we go to next? Um, You can choose. Okay. You want to do Shaquille and Kirsten? Sure. You know, they're my favorite. So. Yes. So they are officially in Jamaica. They had to go to his academic conference, which, you know, uh, (laughs) was all too real for me and Dr. Molly. Um, They go to the conference and then now they're finally with the rest of the couples at the resort um, on their honeymoon. And they seem also to be getting along. They really do. And so 
That's why I was like, what is this edit? What, what happened with the edit and for the weddings? Because this is not the Kirsten that I was sold. This is so different. I mean, we can start with this. The over One of the like meta themes, I think, of this entire episode is just physicality and physical looks and physical attraction. And, you know, he, my favorite thing of the episode was when, you know, she said to him that she wasn't attracted to him at first and that clearly took him aback. Um, but then he made this comment in his... Um, his private interview saying like, you know, I don't think she cares about my bald head because she's constantly touching it and rubbing it and kissing it. I'm like, that is the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. 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 The bald head was a, was a, was an issue for her. Right. Um, At the beginning when she walked down the aisle, she saw the bald head and she was not into it. Um, But she seems to be coming around. And I also like that he said, you know, what, am I going to start wearing a toupee for her? No, like I, I have a bald head and it's fine. And if she likes me, she's going to get on board with it. And she seems to be getting on board with it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, she has, she said in this episode too, I think it was relating to kind of emotional intimacy, um, but also physical intimacy with kissing that she needs to take baby steps. And I just feel like we're actually seeing her take baby steps with something. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Um, So they do the ATV ride and Mm -hmm. I thought it was also interesting um, that this, this theme of adventure came up with a couple of different couples and the men actually seem to be the more reserved parties about some of these outdoorsy adventures. And so Kirsten was like all into it. She said she was doing like full throttle on the ATV, whereas Shaq has trauma right from his car accident um, and was more reserved but I think ultimately again like had a fun time stepped into something that he was perhaps hesitant about or nervous about but ended up doing it and doing it with her and stepping through some of that fear confronting some of that trauma and then having a really good time riding these ATVs around in this paradise location yeah and kudos to him for naming the fear too because like right before he got to the pond or just like that the water he was like i'm scared that was like (laughs) no that was really vulnerable but also introspective from him and that's that's the kind of quality and character that i think is going to be something that can propel him forward in a healthy relationship like knowing what his hang-ups are knowing where they come from but also deciding okay, you know, I'm going to step through this because I realize the root of the issue um, and and I, I want to sort of get past it, at least in this particular moment. So I, I think that's a really good and promising quality we see through or see coming through uh, with Shaquille. Yeah. And so then we basically just have the other scene where they're at dinner, everyone's eating their shrimp and their lobster. And Actually, I thought it looked great. <laughs> I told you that's when I decided I was going to propose to you because I was like, I mean, one of the saddest parts of the episode is when Dom is giving homeboy her lobster tail. And I was like, honey, we don't know him that well. Like, like you ate the whole thing. <laughs> Hello. Oh, but um, no, I mean, yeah, the dinner looks delicious, but they do kind of get into how they want to continue their emotional journey together. And again, she says she wants baby steps and, um, you know, they intimate this in the preview for next episode that he's 
still says, you know, that she's very hard to read and that just doesn't feel like good or safe for him. So I'm just interested to see how this will progress because this might be a, you know, one step forward, two steps back type of couple that we see throughout the season. And then at D-Day, we just find out that that day was not a good day and they break up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a question I have for you is, you know, she's, she's being honest, right. About what she needs to feel comfortable and safe and move forward in the relationship, which, which is slow increments, right. Um, Even something like the intimacy of kissing. Um, She, she talks about not being totally ready for that. Um, And so my question then is, do we think that this is because of her being partnered with Shaquille that she's taken this approach or is this, you know, how she is um, no matter who she's with. And then if it is part of just how she is and where she is with respect to being partnered with another human um, is that, you know, how does that, that match with something like being married at first sight, you know, where it's the opposite of a baby step. I think that's a great question. I mean, well, to start where you ended, I think that her, her style does not match. But I think that these people don't think about that. I think they are solely sold on just the possibility that they could find their soulmate or their husband. And it's kind of a shortcut to that. And so I think that she wasn't thinking about the journey. She was thinking about the destination when she signed up for the show. But to your point, I think that it is more of a gen- it's a general her thing, right? I think that she has some walls up. I think it must be it's her coping mechanism. Um, But what she doesn't, either she doesn't know herself well enough to say this, or she doesn't know how to say it to Shaq, that it is a her thing. Um, Because then if it doesn't work out, it's not her fault. It's his fault, right? And she owes it to him to say, you know, like, this isn't just a you thing. This isn't about attraction. This isn't about X, Y, or Z. This is a me thing. But that would also mean self-work. And again, like someone, I I clocked her, the wedding episodes as someone who hasn't done a lot of the self-work or is, you know, if you say you need to work on X, she's going to prickle. So. Yeah. Okay. So then where does that put our prediction for Shaquille and Kirsten? You know, they say that, you know, a relationship needs to end when you want to end it even on a good day. And so I say that even though they were having a great day, I still saw that I don't think it'll work out. Oh, I want them to work. I really. Me too. Because I, I'm liking them as individuals and I want them to have what they want to have, right? Which is a successful relationship, successful married at first sight um, arrangement. Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm really kind of in the middle about them. I could see it going both ways. My optimism is making me lean toward yes, but that's not a hundred percent confident. So I don't know. I'm going to vote yes after this week, but not confidently. It makes sense to me. And just so you know, to everyone listening and to Dr. Rule, this is a surprise for Dr. Rule. I'm actively working on getting Shaquille to be on our show because he's an academic. He He's my favorite and I need a new friend. I have space on the roster. So that's it. Shaquille, if you're listening, please come on our show. We would love to have you. Oh my Amazing. And yeah, I would, it would be so fascinating to hear his own sort of scholarly analysis of what we have to say of the experience. Yeah, there's a lot of synergy. Yeah. Our show. So from now on, we're only going to say good things about him and Kirsten. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. So, um, who should we go to next? Um, you want to go to McKinley and Dom let's or Eris and Jasmine? Let's do um McKinley and Dom because again, super short, not a lot to say. Um, you know, there are a couple, I think, of the season that it's clear that they have sexual chemistry. Did you know he's a boob guy? Did he mention that he's a boob guy? Did you get that? What? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Just anytime, you know, anytime he can. He's talking about that poor girl's chest. So, um, yeah, I mean, they go on the, um, is it a catamaran? I'm just making up words. Yeah, know. like sailboat thing. Yeah. I don't know. It was you, small. That's yeah, sort of like a small catamaran boat situation. You all can hear my socioeconomic status by how I don't know the names of any of these fancy resort or. <laughs> are you? How do we categorize this, <laughs> this thing? Is exactly. It-, um, it was beautiful, though. It was so beautiful. And, you know, as you mentioned before, this is an experience where um, she was, Dominique is definitely more adventurous than Mac. Um, And so we have, really, we have three scenes with them. We have them on the boat, right? We have them eating dinner, and then we have them in the pool. There's semi session in the pool. So what did you Their airtime was pretty short. Um, A lot of it was B-roll from their beautiful experience out on the water. Um, He was nervous. I also, to be honest, would have been nervous, but I would I would do it, but nervously. Um, so I related to him in that moment. Um, yeah, then they have dinner. They eat their shrimp and lobster. Uh, they're in the pool. You know, I felt like they had a lot of chemistry in the pool, but then also her body language at some times. Mm. So oh, I didn't notice that. She just seemed to be sort of looking off when they were talking, like she'd be sort of looking in a different direction, but then she'd come back and be physical, but it just seemed like she was seesawing a little bit with their physical proximity. Um, And then, yeah, the biggest thing I have to say about them is that the commercials (laughs) running during the show are so juicy. So... Mm. I don't, did you see this commercial? I don't know what is going on, but they've been for the, for the last four episodes, there's been this commercial that there's going to be this shocking confession. Oh, that one. Yes. I've seen that one. Yeah. And, and that Dom is implicated somehow, but then on this new episode, they had the updated commercial because they had to keep us on the hook mm-hmm. and it showed her and Clint kissing. I really see. I really hope this is not a nothing sandwich because you're selling me cheating. You're selling me cheating in front of other people's spouses. So please don't make me watch this and then we find out like this is Mac with a wig on or this is something else. Okay, I literally had that thought because number one, I don't know how we're going to get to that moment. Like I'm just not sure what the story arc is going to have to be to have Clint and Dominique kissing. Yeah. And- other thing too is that there were other couples in the back like I think Eris and Jasmine were there so then it's like is this like a spin the bottle thing like did they just all get together and I don't know they decided to I, I don't know play some game some truth or dare or something that made them kiss like is it not really what it is I don't know but I mean there's no way that Clint and Dominique were together before 
That's what I was saying. And there's no way. And the lighting looked different, but you know, well, number one, just like SMT. So Married at First Night had Married at First Sight has not been renewed by Lifetime past next season. So there's a lot of speculation that the the show is kind of on a um a downward spiral. Although many people I know think that the, you know like that's erroneous because they have such a high viewership. I my tinfoil hat theory is that we're entering Married at First Sight Swingers version, which I would love to cover, but we're just dangling in front of us because they're just like balls to the walls we have nothing left to give i don't know what it i don't know what it is but i i think it was some sort of drinking game i think they're both drunk and i think that's what we're going to see is kind of the unraveling of both of those relationships yeah i mean i i think that's probably the most likely theory right is that there's some sort of coordinated setup they're all together perhaps they're intoxicated and they drink obviously in front of other people so it's not this big secret um, but perhaps their spouses find this behavior unacceptable and decide to break it off for this reason. Um, it seemed highly dramatic, but yeah. So for that reason, um, I'm not sure about Dominique and McKinley. Um, I'm not sure either. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I guess... I was kind of subconsciously picking up on the mixed signals from Dominique because I do feel like there's a lot of mixed signals in general. I think it's clear that they're physically attracted to each other, but I don't really see any other compatibility besides that. So we'll see. Right now I'm a no, leaning leaning no, but we will see. I'd be happy to be surprised. I feel exactly the same way. I'm sort of leaning no, but really not sure. Um, again like I want good things for these people I want them to be happy and work out but it just seems like again they're in such a controlled environment right now and you know his mom is not here right (laughs) giving her two cents about their relationship um and so I think when they come back to reality that's when they're really going to have to grapple with what it would mean to be together um so I'm unfortunately leaning no Super interested. I'll have more theories on this next week, I'm sure. So I'm, yeah, I'm interested to see how it plays out if they do kiss, if, um, you know, how she's treated, right? There could be like some sort of slut shaming element. There's also an age situation. He's 40, she's 25. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we should transition directly to Gina and Clint since we're already talking about Clint a little bit. Um, Yeah. And again, physicality is the main theme um, in all of their airtime this episode. All of their airtime, right? So we hear her echo um, what she had mentioned to his family when she met his family, that she's not really into redheads or people with, quote, gingery features. Um, And that, you know, initially he wasn't exactly her type, but she's really excited about him and he's really easygoing. Um, And then, of course, next week we see that probably turn around where he says something about her physicality um but yeah i mean this episode was of all the excursions that i could choose on my honeymoon with dr rule i would definitely choose the getting lost going to a waterfall um fuck those little machines i don't need to go on an atv i want to go to a waterfall i want to get lost in the jamaican hills the maroon hills i want to go to a random billiards bar i want to like drink red stripe yes so i i think that they had a great time um 
Also, by the way, Gina's body is banging. She's just so gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, she is. And I think because she works in the beauty industry, that's why, um, you know, what we're getting previews of Clint saying perhaps next time um, is maybe going to cut her really deep. I will say, you know, I didn't totally understand why she kept bringing up. And I felt like she kept bringing up mm. the fact that she wasn't into redheads. Um Maybe it was the edit, but I just felt like that was repeated a couple of different times. I'm not sure what the utility is in her raising that point. Like, it seems so clear to me that, okay, even if it's true, even if you're not attracted to your partner, why why are you going to say it? Like, you know, that's going to hurt their feelings. It's maybe not the kindest thing to say. I mean, maybe you could express the same idea that you know, the physical attraction is not initially there, the chemistry is lacking, but that you believe that that can grow, right? And that you have experience with it growing. But why do you have to specifically call out something that they cannot change about themselves? I mean, even if you do work out, they're going to remember that. I completely agree. You know, I was thinking if I were, um, if I were in his position and I had a partner who kept saying like, Oh, I don't usually normally date people with freckles or someone with brown eyes. I'd be like, okay, like, you know, (laughs) you can go usually do that then. Um, But so I would be offended too. I think also, I wonder if it's a foil for her as a way to just, she wants to announce that she has a lack of attraction to him and she doesn't know how to say it, and she feels an urge to say it. We also have to remind ourselves that these people are in an incubator. There's no cell phones, there's no internet. They're talking to their partner and production. So I can imagine in a really twisted, fucked up reality where if I had no one to talk to, I would just be saying the inside voice out loud to my partner because I did not have a vent or anyone to process with. Yeah, that's that's totally possible. And I mean, the other thing too is that we're getting you know, a fraction of the time that they do have. And there's obviously a lot more nuance, a lot more content, and it could be positive or negative. Um, I imagine the positive gets cut out because it's not (laughs) gripping drama that would keep a viewership. But I don't know. It seemed a little indelicate. I thought it was a bit of a misstep, Gina, for the longevity of your relationship if you want it to work out. But it seems also like Clint is going to go in that direction too next week. So we will see. We will see. Um, but besides all of that drama, I would say that they kind of, it seems like they mastered their kind of snafus with their excursion really well. And they just kind of rolled with the punches, which was impressive. Um, and um, Clint was wearing a tank top that said, yeah, mom. Okay, actually, I saw information about this. I got I got the details about this. In the after party episode, um, they revealed that there was a luggage issue, that their luggage didn't arrive for three days. And so they had to wear or only had access to like Jamaica tourism clothing. And that's why. So I was I was comforted knowing that that was the situation and that that was not the style choice. Yeah, I was like, wow, he went hard in that um, hotel gift shop because it was like everything was a Jamaica t-shirt. Yeah, that was all they had access to, they said. So um, they tried to make it. And I, I thought that that detail perhaps should have been discussed because, 
you know, if somebody was just wearing the clothing of wherever we went, I would be like, this is kind of weird and maybe a turn off. Um, but there was a reason, a perfectly legitimate reason. Perfectly legitimate would have added to the narrative of them traversing all of these dramatic things together. Um, but so how does your prediction hold up with Jen, Gina and Clint? Gina and Clint, Gina and Clint. Um, I'm feeling more pessimistic. Mm. I said that they were a yes for me because particularly of their age. And um, I think external pressure to be in a relationship but I think honestly, with all of this conversation about not being physically attracted to one another um, and sort of the explicit discussion of what about each other's bodies um, they're not into, you know, I don't know if if that's something you really come back from. Again, I, I can imagine that could really hurt some feelings and stick around. I also don't think that Gina is going to stand for the idea of Clint kissing Dominique. And I don't really think McKinley's going to stand for it either. Um, so I think that could be a big rupture point. Again, we don't have all the full details, but I'm just seeing things that indicate that they're not coming together. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we'll see how it goes. Um, should we move on to our last couple, Eris and Jasmine? And Jasmine, yes. Hmm. Oh, I just need to take a deep breath before we go. <laughs> oh, There's always like a the most content, at least for me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, okay, I'll say out the gate. Um, he was also making a lot of comments about her food choices. I said last week that I thought the dietary differences were going to come up. I understand, Eris, that you don't eat bacon. That's fine. That's your choice. Don't shame your wife for eating bacon. I would, I would have loved um, a spiritual or a religious explanation if there was one. It's also okay not to eat things just because you don't eat things. Um, right. But I would have just loved some sort of background because now it just sounds like picking on her. Um, yeah, I mean... I know, like, especially in the Black community, yeah, you know, eating pork is not as prevalent all the time in some communities. So, but at the same time, yeah, no, I, if someone were picking on my food choices, I've had people pick on my food choices. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. You mentioned that last week. You're right. It doesn't work. It's, yeah. And um, I think it's okay to have differences, right, in your dietary restrictions. I think that can work out if there's mutual respect. Mm -hmm. but making fun of her and pointing out that she's eating bacon as something that's really bad, you know, like what's going to happen when she really does something that irritates you, Eris? Like, how are you going to respond if this woman's minding her own business, eating her own breakfast on vacation, mm -hmm. you are bothering her about it. Also, I have, I, I don't know what specifically his dietary restrictions are, but I think potentially he's vegan because he was also talking about almond milk um in a previous episode but did he eat the shrimp and lobster a really great question theory 
Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know that much about him. Like, that's how I feel. I feel like I don't know that much about him. I have an idea of, like, his dating history, but I don't really know his hobbies. I don't, again, don't know his kind of, like, spiritual orientation to relationships or to marriage in general. I just don't know enough about him. Yeah, he did say that he's a software engineer. And I feel like that's the first time I'm I'm hearing this. Um, it has not come up at least not enough that I particularly remembered in previous episodes. So yeah, software engineer is what he does for work. Um, And then he was saying his resume would be like software engineer and what, sex mentor? Yeah, he's a burgeoning sex mentor. And I want to get your take on this because I think this is like the meat of the episode. So like we can return to maybe the fact that he said that he hasn't been in love. But okay, so... As a feminist, I think there's a lot of things wrong with this conversation, but I try to keep it 100 and think that if any of these things were said by someone who wasn't embodied as a cis hetero man, I don't think that, I think it'd be sex positive. So for instance, like the thing that everyone's erupting about online is him saying that right now he tries to ask her what her favorite sexual position is, or he tries to ask her different things about her sex life. I think those are totally fine things for a husband to ask their wife. I get that they're in this experiment, but I don't, maybe I wouldn't ask it on camera, but I think that's totally fine. Um, I also, I don't think it's okay for him to, you know, say that he needs to like mentor her. He's assuming she doesn't have a sexual history or she has a sexual past or that she's good at sex. That is completely fucked up. But when he says things like, what did he say? Like right now you're giving me something, but I want you to like give me whore. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. This is a self-admission, but I was like, oh, it kind of sounds like something I would say. But again, I'm embodied as like a black feminist woman and, and not as like some cis hetero guy who just married someone a couple days ago, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not specifically sure about that line, but I think what I heard from him and her was that she wasn't comfortable with these conversations. Mm-hmm. That changes everything. You know, I mean, if she wanted to talk about her sex life and where they had, you know, their vision for their future sex life and, um, you know, if she was into it and we had two parties that were having just like an engaging discussion, I think that's totally fine. Like it's not a taboo subject, but I think what changed for me was that she seemed uncomfortable and she explained that, you know, she said that she was more modest mm-hmm. um, and, you know, that doesn't have anything to do with being inexperienced or um, not enjoying sex or being incompatible with him, just that she's more modest and perhaps doesn't feel comfortable, A, having these conversations on camera or B, having these conversations with someone who she's just recently met. Um, And to me, it seemed like he didn't necessarily respect that because it kept coming up. I completely agree. I think that perhaps the only way he knows how to mobilize um, relationships or form intimacy is through physical interaction. And so I think he's really eager to speed that part of their relationship up. Yeah. And I think that wraps right back around to what you were saying, too, about him confessing that as an almost 40 year old man, he's never been in love, Mm. Um, had relationships that he's had sexual relationships, but also, you know, seemingly long-term committed relationships. Um, 
he says that he would be there for these people that he was in a relationship with in case of an emergency or if they needed something. But he was really trying to parse out this idea of being in love and being loving towards. Yeah. And I I don't know if you can speak to this personally, but as someone who's been in long-term relationships, including a marriage, I can say that I'm like, that sounds like being in love to me, you know, like, it doesn't, it's not always sexy. It's not like, yeah, it's not fireworks. It's maybe that is a lust phase or yeah, you can fall in, falling in love is a very fireworks emotion for some people, not everybody. But when you get down to it at the end of the day, love is really that person actually just picking you up when you need a ride. Like that's really what it is. Yeah. And, and I think especially because he does talk about, his sort of sexual prowess and having many partners. And recently um, it seems like he's also very familiar with the lust phase that sometimes people confuse with love, Mm. but he's also saying that that wasn't love. So I'm not sure exactly what he thinks love is or what he wants. And that concerns me because I'm wondering then if his expectations for a marriage and for love are perhaps unrealistic or not grounded in what a relationship between two imperfect people looks like. Um, Because I agree, right? Like showing up in times of emergency or times of need is a loving act. Um, And he said that he's done that. Again, based on his sort of sexual history, uh, he has felt lust and had lustful periods with people. I mean, I would say he's even sort of in that with Jasmine right now. So I'm not sure then what he's thinking being in love is. And, um, you know, expectations can be a, a big killer of the experiment. Yeah. And when anyone ever demonstrates a type of ambivalence or confusion around the definition of love or how they do or do not see love expressed in their own life for other people, I'm just, I want to ask them how they see themselves, love themselves, how they see it expressed for themselves, because I promise you, he probably has a complicated relationship with loving himself as well. Sure. Sure. Yeah. He also has a very flat affect, which makes him sort of challenging to read. Um, Yeah, but Jasmine seems to be riding the wave, even though he seems to be pushing a little bit on um, the matters of their sex life. And she seemed uncomfortable. She she didn't seem like she totally shut down either. Um, You know, it, it wasn't giving me the sense that he was violating her or her comfort level in any sort of way, but rather that she just wasn't there. And she's sort of sticking with it. Right. Um, Giving it a real, real shot with this guy who she's still trying to figure out. Yeah. And she's mentioned several times that she does find him attractive or like, she was like, my husband was so hot today out on our snorkeling adventure. So, so there's a there, there, there's a there, there for sure. There is, there is. And I'll say one more thing too, going back to this idea of love and showing love. Like he told her that he would walk her dogs, her dogs that he already hates, even though he hasn't met them. Like when he was saying, I would walk your 20 dogs or whatever, like to me, that is love. So I don't know, Eris. That was really, really sweet. That was really, really sweet. Sometimes I wonder, I'm like, does the audience think he's a terrible guy or does Eris think he's a terrible guy? Yeah, I don't know. I'll be honest. I wouldn't walk anybody's 20 dogs, I don't think. No. (laughs) No. 
you butt, that's my limit. <laughs> and and nevertheless, he's like, I'll walk your 20 dogs. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah, he's a kind of a sweetie. So we'll see how it works out. What is your prediction with them? Oh man. Um Again, they're a no for me because I think it's one thing to say I'm going to walk your 20 dogs and it's another thing to actually, you know, be in the trenches with dog hair all over your house, picking up the poop, feeding them, hearing the barking. And it's not just the dogs, right? I'm using that as one example of the external factors of reality that are about to come into play when they leave their resort and go back to life. So, you know, just what her life looks like, what her home looks like, how she spends her time, and then the combination of his family not being supportive. Like I said with McKinley, I think that can really be a nail in the coffin. I think you're totally right. I still have them as a no. And uh, yeah, I think that I think that he might be one of those folks from, um, you know, the Charlotte season or just, you know, those people who trying to think of another um, season, maybe with Noi and Steve, right, where they move in, but then all of a sudden one person kind of emotionally ghosts the other one, or all of a sudden one person wants to stay in their house a lot. We saw that with Jasmina, I think, and Michael, she wanted to take a few nights off. So I'm, yeah, I I wonder if he's going to skedaddle. That's what I got a feeling about that one. Yeah. There is Jasmine. Okay, so let us know what you think. What are your predictions? Are there parts of the analysis we're overlooking? Chime in and let us know what you think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is the end of our fifth or fourth episode. I don't remember what we're in again um, of Married at First Sight. Um, please, please, please check us out on Patreon backslash Reality 101. That's R-L-T-Y. Um, we would love to have you in class on Patreon where we are going to be releasing our first episode of 90 Day Fiance this week. And then where else can they find us on social media, Dr. Rule? So again, we're on all the platforms, Twic, wow, TikTok, <laughs> Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Uh, our handle is RLTY101. That's Reality101. You can get in touch with us there. And I should also say that um, my own and Dr. Molly's uh, social media handles are also listed in our bios. So you can follow us as well and just stay up to date with our current work. Let us know if you want a recommended readings list um, or again, if you have questions you'd like us to take up in our discussion for next week. I think things are only going to heat up. Um, we're going to have part two of the honeymoon where the couples all come together. And again, this is where the experiment really starts to get interesting, where we have more external factors, right? The presence of other people. Sometimes they like to compete with each other. I don't know what's going on with uh, Dominique and Clint, um, but I think it's only going to go up from here in terms of drama. So tune in next week where we'll have our drop again. That'll be announced on our social media. And then also again, Again, tune in to our new coverage that's starting today of 90 Day Fiance The Other Way, season four. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much it. I was reading something online really quick, Dr. Rule, that there's no polite way to end a class. Um, and I think that's totally right, which is why I make you do it. So you can go ahead and sign us off. <laughs> class dismissed. <laughs>